another Bruin who I thought had a, a strong night and I think passed the test for us against a strong opponent would be Linus Allmark. I, I don't I don't fault him on uh the Hagel goal. I don't fault him on the Hedman goal, the game winning goal, because he kind of got taken out by his by his teammate there. Uh the Kucherov goal, you know, but I mean it's off a of face off, it's bang bang. And I thought he had a ton of point blank chances, especially in the last twenty minutes when the Bruins got a little careless with the puck. Um, there were a lot of turnovers down low, and I thought Olmark was there to to bail him out, and he gave him a chance up until the very end. I thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really more of the same. Like it, it feels so repetitive to come on after every game and be like, oh, goaltending was great, but it just has been." Um, me writing, me writing the the section, like the explanation of each episode. Allmark and Swayman, great, like in every single description of every single episode. Yeah, although I do think that uh, with Allmark losing, giving up three goals, I think Swayman now moves back ahead of him in terms of stats over like the last month and a half, two months. Um, they they've been going like neck and neck, where I think Swayman was had was a little ahead. And then, oddly enough, Swayman giving up two goals and 22 shots dropped him behind Hallmark again, like, or over this last 20-game stretch or so. And so now Hallmark probably dropped back below him. But, uh, yeah, they've both had just this unbelievable stretch where it's like it, their numbers are off the charts over what's basically now like a two-month stretch since either one of them it struggled at all and or certainly struggled for like multiple games. See, I think this is a notable game to bring up all Mark because anytime you were you are lining up across the ice from Vasilevsky, uh, especially when you are the individual who is the favorite for the Vesna, I think it's a there's a lot of eyes on that game and, and I think in many ways it's 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 all Mark. Anytime you can play against Vasilevsky, uh it's kind of a, a measuring stick game for all Mark in his mind probably because um Vasilevsky has been the gold standard um, the last, you know, five, six, seven years and at that position. So I thought, I thought on the road um, in a game where his, his team wasn't as strong defensively in front of him as they usually are. I thought he was, I thought he was excellent. And cause you know, I bring it up because as, as good as the goaltending has been this year, I think that as we get closer to the playoffs, you're going to hear a lot of pundits and, and just media personalities and maybe some, maybe some fans too. They're gonna try to, they're gonna try to think to themselves, well, what could possibly go wrong for the Bruins in the playoffs this year? Because, because everything's gone their way and they're the favorites, blah blah blah. And I think one thing that people are gonna hang their hats on is, well, the Bruins' goaltending is unproven in the playoffs. Um, so any opportunity in the regular season, you get a chance to see Allmark and Swayman gear up for a game like it is a playoff game. It's notable to me. And I thought that he passed that test with flying colors tonight, despite the the losing effort. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as far as like the playoff storyline goes, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you can't do it until you get there. You know, like I know, yeah, they both started games in the playoffs last year, but obviously it's only one series. Um, so it's like, okay, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe they do both flop, but the fact that you have two of them, gives you a lot more hope like uh, you know you would think if one does struggle at all the other would be ready to go and by the way that's going to be if this continues that could be an interesting conversation that we're having down the line because i think obviously we've all everyone most of this season has 
been operating under the assumption of like, okay, you want to keep all Mark fresh, but look at the season he's having. He's obviously the guy come playoffs. And I think that's probably still true, but if they're like alternating starts and they're both playing at an elite level, like they have been for nearly two months now, like I wonder, you know, like how quick would the trigger be? Like would swimming get a chance at some point? Like how, how would that work? Because again, this is now, you know, way down the line and a lot of things can change, but the way that they're going right now, it's like, you have to feel great with either one of them in there. I know I do. I know I do for sure. It's just a matter of, uh, they haven't, they haven't been there. So to your point, Scott, it's like, it's not, it's, it's, it's nonsense to even, to even have your mind go there or worry about that. It's, it's, you're, you're what you're going to, you're going to blame somebody or put something against them for something they haven't had a chance to do. So I just, I think that's silly. It's one of those things where like, you're looking way ahead and reading way too into it. Like you're, you're doing the what if scenarios that like have really honestly not shown that they're even very likely at all. Like you give it like a 5% chance that both of them are somehow playing bad at the same time, or even that one of them is playing bad um, at, a, at a given time. So you're, you're just thinking like, no, it's not, it's really not something you have to worry about until you're, we're like, you know, three games into a series and we're like, oh crap, like two bad games for Allmark and one bad game for Swayman. What the hell is going on? So Bridget, here's a, here's a what if scenario for you. What if you were calling a game play by play as you as you often do and, and i will this weekend and you will this weekend and what if you happen to cross the line and make some comments about one's weight <laughs> would you by any chance go into that person's locker room after a morning skate and apologize face to face as one as one jack edwards did this uh, this afternoon first of all would never ever say anything like that and i mentioned that originally like especially since i i broadcast men's and women's hockey and broadcasting women's sports like and being a woman myself you know not to say stuff like that and that it's really not okay um so first of all wouldn't have made a joke about it um I try not to like find myself making jokes on a broadcast because I don't think I'm that funny uh <laughs> at least in this kind of situation like when I can't you know be a hundred percent like get the get the tone right and I know people wouldn't even care if I made a joke so I don't really joke but um I think that the the conversation with Maroon and Jack that transpired was because I believe Jack had tried to reach out to him before and wasn't like it wasn't as receptive or it kind of just like wasn't able to happen. And I, I think they just straight up ignored him. Like I, I, he, it sounds like he put in a request to talk to Maroon, you know, probably by phone, obviously, because at that point. Bruins and Lightning weren't in the same city until now. And I think it just got ignored. I think Pat Maroon just had no interest in talking to him unless Jack Edwards was like literally standing right in front of him. No, Whoa. not only that, he was on his knees. Yeah. He was <laughs> like literally on his knees, like apologizing. Like you see in like a movie, like, please, <laughs> baby, take me back. Like <laughs> Bridget, real quick, just to clarify that first uh that first correspondence after the after the original joke, according to Pat Maroon, who who mentioned this on a, on a on a different podcast, he said that, and I I, I think I told you this, told you guys this on um back when it happened, but I guess Jack reached out to Tampa PR and basically said, 
here's my cell, here's my email, whatever, if, if Pat wants to reach out. And and Maroon was like, uh, no, you can call me. So it just so that's why he so that's why Jack got ignored essentially is because um Tampa the Tampa side of things was like, no, we're not gonna reach out to you. You you messed up, you call him. And and then and then fast forward to today and here we are. Yeah, and, and like to answer your question that you asked, would I go down and apologize and go to the locker room? I mean, if I genuinely felt like across the line, which I think Jack did, and I think he did feel bad, um, at least in the public eye, he took backlash for something that maybe he's not comfortable. Like he hasn't apologized for certain things. So the fact that he did apologize for this means that he actually felt bad and felt like it was necessary. So, but I mean, did like, did he even really apologize? Because well, he we kind of, he certainly didn't heard. initially, like there was no apology in his first statement about this. And then even today, like, so after, like after this conversation with Maroon, he talked to both Matt Porter, the globe. And I think he also talked to the athletic or like one of the Tampa writers. Um, and his comments af- afterwards were kind of along the lines of like, you know, I feel like people ran with it on social media, like blew it out of proportion. To, it still wasn't a like, yeah, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Like I like that there was, you know, like an I'm sorry somewhere in there, but it was like still kind of couched in like this all blew up into something bigger than it should have been. And, you know, that like I, I wasn't trying to be offensive. I was, you know, I tried to give him credit too. like it. There's still a lot of like kind of almost like making an excuse for it or but like you know, I do trying feel to explain like it away rather than just saying I screwed up. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. You don't need to go into the extra stuff. Did it get blown up more than it needed to be? I think some players would have left it alone. And if Maroon just didn't say anything, like we're not having this conversation at all. So I think it depends on the player and like what their past experience was, whether or not the social media part of it was going to go as crazy as it did and how widespread as it as it was and also like jack is jack i feel like people around the country don't really understand that we hear this all the time (laughs) and that he just says some crazy stuff and that's not an excuse but like i feel like he's so used to saying stuff like that he didn't when it came out of his mouth he didn't think it was any different or or weirder than stuff he says i I think this was different like it even for him i thought you know, he doesn't talk about people's weight or appearances often. Like it, it was different, even even for him. Yeah. Well, wasn't it about pizza? Well, like it three? was. It wasn't even what he said. It was how long he settled said it. <laughs> yeah, it, true. It got to the point where it was uncomfortable as a listener because it's like, buddy, we're watching this channel because we're watching the product on the ice. So call what you're call what you're what you're supposed to be calling. Like we don't we don't care to hear about your your monologue about about Pat Maroon whether you're complimenting him or shitting on him and you know um that's what it came down to for most people it's like just jack just do your job right just do your job like you can be colorful if you want here and there but like just enough like you you're you're drawing attention away from the product on the ice and and that that gets annoying at times you know by the way I, on my broadcast, when my color commentator likes to make a stupid pun, I will give him like the dirtiest look I can possibly give him. Uh, and we're, you know, we're not on camera, so no one can see it, but I'm just looking at him. 
And I, I just highly discourage um, bad puns and stupid jokes. Yeah. But if you're going to go that route, you know, if you're, if you're a phenomenal play-by-play uh, person, then I think that it could be forgiven. But if it, you know, if this were, if this were a contract year for Jack in the booth, um, the, the Maroon stuff aside, it hasn't been a great year from calling games. He, he's, he's lost his fastball and, you know, there could be one reason or another about that, but regardless, um, you know, so when that stuff came out on Twitter today, the, uh, the picture of Jack kneeling down with, the, with the Jack, with the Jack, uh, swag that he had going on with the, the white socks, with the black suit, um, uh, the white Hanes socks. So I was like, well, I gotta find video of this. So like, you know, 20 minutes later, you know, um, oftentimes when the Bruins have a big game coming up, I'll go to the opposition's website and just kind of see what, what the other side's saying going into a game. And uh, definitely I was going to do that for the, for Tampa Bay. So I wanted to watch uh, John Cooper um, pregame and whoever else Tampa uploaded. And one of them was Anthony Sorelli. And I start watching Anthony Sorelli and I sent this to you guys and all of a sudden right behind him, it's, it was like a sitcom. It was like, it was Jack, it was Jack and Maroon having a conversation. I was like, how is nobody's how is how has this not gone like gone viral? Like everybody's trying to get the dirt on this on this interaction. All you have to do is just go on Tampa's website. And um so between the reporters asking Sorelli questions and Sorelli answering them and just chatter you hear in, in the locker room during these scrums, it was tough to make out what, what was being said. But I texted you guys a few things that Maroon I could for sure hear Maroon say to Jack. And the one thing uh, Maroon said to him was um you gave me a backhanded compliment, which tells me Jack was probably saying to him what you guys said. Like, look, I was just teasing. I, 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 I there was plenty of times I was, co- I was complimenting you during this stretch and Maroon probably said what I just said. You gave me a backhanded compliment. How would you, you wouldn't like it if I said that about your son or your daughter. And then um, you also hear Maroon say uh, something like, do you want me to, do you want me to step on a scale and you can, you can see what I weigh or something like that. So, um, and what's funny is this video, it's Maroon's face is facing the camera, but all you can see is the back of Jack's head. So <laughs> you just see Jack's head just kind of like still and like nodding here and there and and whatnot. I sent you guys a video. It's it's pretty funny, but uh, pretty wild and, circumstance. Yeah. And the fact that that wasn't recorded makes me like wonder whether or not like that wasn't like actually like reporters around it makes me think maybe the team said like this is just like a side conversation, but it's right there in the middle of the locker room with like reporters around. So if that had happened in the Bruins locker room, it, someone would have had to say like, you can't like record this conversation. Otherwise every reporter would have been right around it. Uh, no, I think people are smart enough in that in a situation like that. Like you, you know, when something's one-on-one and meant to be private. So, well, why do you know, it in ca- the like occasionally room? there's a reporter who like, like occasionally there's a reporter who doesn't know better and butts in, but Generally, people can can tell with that stuff. Yeah, that was supposed um, to be a private conversation. What I more meant is, it was picked up because of where it was in the background. Well, yeah, of- it was still in a public setting. Like, it, you know, the locker room's open, so yeah, other media's in there. Other players were around. Like Matt Porter, of the Globe had the had an anecdote of like Ian Cole was just watching, and uh, Matt quotes him as saying, "Like, I'm I'm just uh like." I'm just hanging around to make sure Patty doesn't rip his head off. <laughs> like, so, you know, guys are like almost like joking about it, like as it's happening. Um, so yeah, just, 
crazy scene. Like, I, you know, I'm sure Jag would have preferred it to be like out in the hallway, truly be one on one. But like to the point I made earlier, if you're Pat Maroon, like you're not going to go out of your way to accommodate. So, yeah, if he wants to come in here and do it, you know, in front of everyone, then OK, like I'll talk. But that's maybe exactly Jack, it. Maybe Jack was safer with um, witnesses. <laughs> that, what Scott just said is exactly how it went down, too. You can just tell, like, because in the picture, Pat's taking off his skates and he's not even looking at Jack. He's literally just taking off his untying skates, like his head's down. So, you know, they got off morning skate and, you know, somebody in PR went up to Pat and just said, hey, like, Edwards is here. Like, do you want to talk to him? And Maroon probably just said, I mean, yeah, fine. If he, I mean, I'm not just what just Scott just said. Like, yeah, he can come in here. I'm not going out there, though. Um, yeah. So that was that. Hopefully this puts the whole thing to bed. Um, <laughs> it, it does feel like it's just in general. It's something that I feel like at every turn where like it could have been sort of like died down or, you know, kind of reined in. It's just blown up bigger, like on both sides. And, you know, like for Pat Maroon, it's, you know, look, like if you don't like someone talking about your weight, like fine totally understandable i wouldn't want someone talking about my weight but like i don't know i mean you couldn't have just like talked to him by phone at some point and that's what it means like jack could have called him he could have called like never had to get here really on on either side and just feels like both of them kind of didn't handle it very well i think yeah I, i think i think maroon like I'm just I'm just spitballing based off of what I've heard him say about the situation. I think he cares more about the fact that Edwards went viral and got so much public publicity because of it and that his and that his message about teasing somebody of body image is now at the exposure of people who might be going through shit like that. Um I think that's what Maroon was more so upset about was how much exposure that that rant got more so than what it was actually said because you know um that, that that's my two cents on it i think it's i think maroon hated the fact that it blew up and that you know other people that might be self-conscious had to hear it and i don't know i mean I, that's 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 what was said so um yeah i mean like i said i think i tweeted this out like well so we'll see them in the ring at wrestlemania 39 i think that's in los <laughs> angeles this year um, and then that and that'll, that'll be that and they'll settle all filming business right then and there so can you really take a guy seriously who twice tonight said tilt the world in a broadcast about hockey? Uh, I mean, look, Jack. They, him and him and Brick were not on the same page on that one because Brick's like, you can trademark that, and then Jack's like, Martian said it this morning. So, well, I mean, that the the broadcast. The, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't the know. Bro- the broadcast got off to a wild start tonight when uh they had their oh, they had God. their video monologue and Jack's the last thing Jack says is coming up next Bruins and Lightning Eastern Standard Time and Jack's like I mean uh Brick's like what and then, like, he's like do you he, and he looks at him like do you get it do you get you it can, you can hear the crickets through the screen and <laughs> you know I mean like to your point Bridget like yeah Jack like we get it. You're saying that both of these teams are the stand, the gold standard in the East, and they're playing like Bob. We get it, but uh, I don't think everyone got it in Cole. No, Rick, but <laughs> it, no, I will but... say it took me like ten seconds. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, I see what he's saying." Okay, but oh yeah, I was. Yeah, no, my, uh, I was watching it with a few people. 
the room was split on who understood what the fuck was going on. But uh, yeah, uh, crap. Now I forgot what I was going to say. But oh, no, I was going to say Brian and I have both been producers at WEI and we like to play uh, cricket noises to people and we just play, you know, little noises out of <laughs> out of, uh, you know, news boss and whatnot. And we I feel like if Brian was producing that, he would have hit the crickets and, and it would have made a lot of sense. I would have just no. I, I would have just left the studio. <laughs> I would have stopped producing. Um, I mean, I'll tell you this much: if Jack, if Jack had a dollar for every time he said that's the coin that won't get tossed, which you talk about all the time, Bridget. Um, I mean, the guy would be the richest guy in the world. Now, what was it? What was the thing you told me, Bridget, in the past about this like Jack Edwards drinking game that people play? It's like a Jack Edwards bingo. You you played a Jack Edwards drinking game, didn't you, or something like that? No, I just I've seen the Jack Edwards drinking game, and it's just all the like key phrases: coin that won't get tossed, tumbling muffin. Um, <laughs> what are the other ones? Can of um, corn. There's uh, so many. There's there is. There's he he just he and he was round. He's been rounding the bases pretty much every game. So. Yeah, yeah, his, his slugging percentage is through the roof this year. <laughs> all right, kids. Was there anything else you wanted to go over? We're about an, just at an hour right now. Uh, and speaking of fights, Connor Clifton had a good oh, one with yeah. Corey Perry tonight. Um, you know, good for him sticking up for himself because Perry kind of threw a cheap shot at him. Clifton had already been hit, lost the puck, and Perry comes in late and catches him up high. So, um, you know, then Clifton went over first, gave him like a good cross check that I thought he was going to get called for a penalty on. Like, I thought the ref was going to catch that, you know, miss the initial hit, get the retaliation. Um, but didn't call anything there. And then, you know, Perry wants to go with him. Clifton obliges and, and gets the win, you know, giving up some size against Perry. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that uh, a lot of NHL players would like to do is uh, take down Corey Perry because he's, <laughs> he's made a very long, he's had a very long career of towing the line. Yeah. And I mean, to your point about the cross check, not being called, the ref was right there and it just shows that, I had no idea what was a penalty in this game. Like Nobody knew what was going to be a penalty and what wasn't going to be a penalty, but no, and Clifton did give up size. And it's funny because when I first saw their weights listed, I was kind of shocked. I was like, I didn't realize Corey Perry was that much bigger than Clifton. Clifton's kind of small just to, you know, put that in, into it. But I don't, you think of him as like a, a little pest, right? Not, not like a somebody that's going to have size on a guy in a fight, but Clifton is a little bit small. Yeah, Perry. Perry's got some size to him. He's got some height to him. He, uh, another thing worth mentioning too is, um, obviously, like we'd said earlier, Taylor Hall went into Vasilevsky. wasn't that wasn't that violent at all. And obviously, Tampa took um, exception to that. On the other end of the uh, of the ice, a period later, um, Ross Colton, that was legit. Went into like that. Nobody pushed him, in, and then he kind of yeah. gave Allmark a shoulder, and Derek Forbert took exception to it. And you know that scene in the Christmas Story when the when when Ralphie finally beats up the bully. And he sits up and he wipes his nose, get all the blood on himself. That's what Ross Colton looked like. I don't know when it happened or how it happened, but clearly something happened. Forbert looked like he broke his nose or something like that because he was bleeding for a while. Yeah, I was wondering like if Forbert like either not that Forbert himself scratched him because he still had his glove on, but like did he like drag his chin strap across or something? Like I was wondering if something scratched Colton because it didn't look like he got like punched or banged into the glass or anything like that. So. I was wondering if like something got his visor maybe got pushed in, like something like that. I thought it was like um when Forbert pushed him into the boards, like and then 
Ross Colton went down. I think once that scrum ensued, I, I think maybe like a, the shaft of a stick maybe caught him across the yeah. bridge. Yeah, that, that was like what that. I thought. And Forbert was also playing with gauze up his nose from like very early on because he got high sticked in the face. Yeah, but I, you would think that between intermissions they get it to stop. I, I was I was surprised to see it just stay in there for all all sixty minutes. Just chilling. Don't need to breathe um, out of that nostril. Not. Yeah, so I, I'm as a person who, fortunately, like I don't get nosebleeds nearly as much as I used to. But I am someone who, when I get a nosebleed, like it is very tough to stop. Like it takes me a long time. So I, I can sympathize with Derek Forbert on not being able to get it to stop. Yeah, I can't wait till next episode. Scott just pops on, <laughs> <laughs> pops on here with gauze up his nose. Scott, your nose bleeding? What? No, nah, no, nah, I just wanted to put him put, put some gauze on my nose. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Nosebleeds can be tough in the one or two with the dry air, but any event. They're in Tampa. No, I know. I'm talking. I'm talking. About, <laughs> uh, I, I get, I get nosebleeds too up here in the winter sometimes, and they can be hard to stop. But I just, I just kind of like blow my nose and try to. Now we're getting, now we getting too graphic. So. <laughs> No need to go there. I think I just everybody's starting to puke now listening. So, um, okay, guys, I'm good. You good? All yes. good. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will speak next after the back to back this weekend in Florida and in Carolina. Thanks for listening and enjoy your weekend.